Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. We're talking about eternal things. Lesson four, we're going to talk about what the Bible calls eternal rewards. And we'll also touch on our inheritance and two different things. And I was watching an interview that uh, John Piper was doing. Some of, If you're younger, you know John Piper. Uh, and he was interviewing Rick Warren, sixth largest church in America, pastor in Orange County, California. And uh, it was an interesting uh, interview because John Piper comes from what you would call a theological right. Like there's a political right, there's a theological right, there's a theological left. And the theological right tends to be very critical, they are critical of anybody that teaches anything different than they do. But John Piper's not that way. He's just a cool guy who is not critical. And he's interviewing Rick. And I, just as I listen to it, you can go to YouTube and listen to this. And, and uh, he was trying to help get Rick to help people over on the theological right. And he asked Rick a question about the Calvinist versus the Arminian view. And Calvinist means, if you're part of that view, John Calvin back in the late uh, mid-1500s he lived, uh, that means that you believe that uh, God predestined people to, to be saved, which means he predestined people to go to hell and none of us have a choice. It's just gonna happen. And then the Arminian view is, hey, uh, yeah, we believe in predestination, but God predestined all of us and we have a free conscience or free will, we can choose. So he asked Rick, he said, hey, Rick, he said, what do you believe about this? And, and he knows Rick is a genius. And Rick comes out of the, the political or the, the theological right. So he, he knows Rick understands everybody on that side. And Rick said this. He said, this is one of those doctrines that I don't think is either or. I think it's both. And it was just genius the way he said it. And he went on to explain it. And, and that's the reason I share that story is because when you talk about inheritance and reward, it's, it's not either or, it's, it's both. The Bible's talking about both of them. Now, if it's a major doctrine, it's always either or, right? Uh, there's only one way to heaven through Jesus. That's a basic major doctrine, right? So you can't say it's both. You can go to heaven by believing in Jesus or eating a bowl of Cocoa Puffs. Um, no, it's just Jesus. But you get into these minor doctrines, whether it's Calvinist first, that's, that's a minor Bible. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter. You, have to, you still have to hear the gospel and accept Christ, right? And when you talk about rewards versus inheritance, no matter what you believe, it's, it's still both. And I want to do my best to help you. So I think the guys on the theological right they're like I am, and, I, and, and if they, they just don't have Gina for a, for a wife because she's helped me grow out of this. But I'm very literal. And so when you're literal, you can only see things one way. It, there, there is no other way. And in our early marriage, we had so many fights over this because Gina would be telling someone a story, and I'd correct her in front of everybody she was telling the story. She'd say, there were five of them. And I go, well, actually, Gina, there were six. And just embarrass her like crazy. And she gave me that look. Guys, we know the look, right? Uh-oh, when I get home. And, and uh, so then in private, she would let me, no, Joe, come on. Just relax. Maybe the facts, it still was a good story. You don't have to make me look stupid. And, and, and so I've had to grow out of being literal, right? 
And, and when it comes to the Bible, if it's not a major doctrine, we have to open up our minds and say, maybe it could be both, because sometimes it's both. And it is with this. Guys, listen to this. We receive an inheritance. This is my big idea, by the way, by believing in Jesus and rewards by living for Jesus. And this is what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. So two different things, right? Our inheritance comes just simply by accepting Christ as our Savior, because that's when we become a child of God, and that's when inheritance comes. But how you live for God, he will reward you for that. And, and that's pretty cool. And I want to do my best to open this up. So uh, this is the first statement I want to deal with. We are heirs of God. Do you know if you're a Christian, you are an heir of God? That means you're going to inherit God's kingdom. He's going to share his kingdom with you. He's not like an earthly parent. You know, earthly parents die, and then we, we receive an inheritance. God's never going to die. He always was. He'll always be. But he is going to share his kingdom with us. And I think that's fascinating. My dad died a couple years ago. My mom passed before him. And we look, looked at the will, and there were six of us boys, and he divided his kingdom by, by uh, one six, we all received a six. And some of us called dad more. Some of us visited mom and dad more. It didn't matter. Uh, we all received a six because we were their kids. And inheritance is that way. You can't earn it. You're just going to receive it because you're a child of God. And that's pretty cool. So last week we taught on heaven. And heaven is part of your inheritance. So that's, you're inheriting that because you believe. So listen to this scripture, Romans 8, 16. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit, he's writing to Christians, that we are God's children. And I remember I accepted Christ at 19 in the fall and I turned 20 in December. And if the day before I accepted Jesus, I, I didn't, if you would ask me, you're going to heaven, I would have said, I don't know. I hope so. And then after I accepted Jesus, you couldn't talk me out of the fact I'm a child of God and I'm going to heaven because the Holy Spirit comes and he, he bears witness with our spirit. You're a child of God. I just knew, yeah, I'm going to heaven. I didn't know a lot about the Bible, but I knew I was going to heaven. And that's what he's saying. You're a child of God. Now listen to verse 17. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs or joint heirs with Christ. And we want to come back to this, but I wanted to dot, dot, dot this other part out just not to take time. And I thought, I can't dot, dot, dot it. It's here. And uh, you'll read it sometime in the future. It goes on and says, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So he says, you got to make sure you share in his sufferings. So I want to just show you what that is. Whenever the Bible talks about suffering, here's what it's talking about. He, it's talking about you and I being persecuted for Christ, that's one type, type of suffering. So we, we have brothers and sisters that are alive right now on planet Earth that are being thrown in jail for their faith. Some of them um, are being put to death. Or here in America, you know, pe people, people make fun of us behind our back. It's not that serious when you think about people being thrown in jail, right? Uh, there's some rejection that happens here. That's suffering. Another type of suffering is when we read the Bible and the Bible gives us instructions and God asks us to live a certain way that we don't really want to live. And it's like, I don't want to do that. I'm enjoying this thing, Lord. And, and, and so our flesh suffers when we say no to it. And we just say, you know what? I'm going to obey you, God, and I'm just going to do this. So when he says, as long as we suffer with him, doesn't mean we're perfect. But with that phrase always comes this. 
Some people, when they're heavily persecuted or God says this is the way to live, they walk away from God and they just, you know, how do we accept Jesus? We believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that he's Lord. There's some Christians that come to a place where they say, I don't believe you're Christ anymore. I don't believe the Bible anymore. And that's when someone could lose their salvation. So it's not perfection. It's just simply denying Christ as your savior. And I think that's important. You have to keep believing. That's all it's saying. Now listen to this. Now, if we are children, then we're heirs of God. That means we inherit his kingdom. And then it's just saying it two different ways and join heirs with Christ. Do you know God gave the whole kingdom to Jesus? And so Jesus has the whole kingdom and you're going to share in the kingdom of God with Jesus. And you know what? You didn't earn it. You didn't work for it. All of us have imperfections that, you know, we don't, not all of us visit our parents enough or whatever, but you're a kid, right? And God says, if you're my child, you're inheriting my kingdom. That means we go to heaven. That means God's up there. That means we have this house that he's building for us. And this is early in my message, but my goodness, can TCI, Borman, Warren, can we say thank you, God, for our inheritance? Can we just give it up? I mean, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. It's just one of the most amazing things ever. Just because you believed, that's inheritance. You can't work for it. We receive an inheritance by believing in Jesus and rewards by living for Jesus. And I just want to talk about rewards and kind of compare the two. And I think it's important to talk about our attitude in serving God. Why do we serve God? Because he'll reward you for your service, you know. But why do we do it? And I taught on this a few, uh, I, over a year and a half ago now, I taught on this subject. And I made a statement after, I think it was just second service. Uh, but after I made the statement, teaching this subject, I went home and it began in the lobbies greeting and I was hounded like a hound dog chasing a raccoon concerning this statement. Like you shouldn't have said that. You don't even believe that. Why did you say that? That's not true. And it was bugging the heck out of me. So I called my son, Joe. He was in Borman. He heard the message. I said, Joe, did you hear me say this? He said, yeah. I said, what did you think? He goes, I was shocked at it. She said that. It was not good. And I said, I know, I know. I said, I'm just, I said, next time I teach on it, I'm going to tell on myself. And here's what I said. You ready for what I said? I said, I don't know if I'd put up with the pain of ministry if there wasn't a reward. Some of you might remember me saying that. And that's what God just, you know, God is just dealing with my heart, not these ears, but inside. He said, you'd serve me if, if there were no rewards. I said, I know, I know, I would, I would, but it just came out. I'm sorry, God has slipped. So forgive me for saying that. But, but guys, listen, listen, listen. If there were no inheritance, I would still serve Jesus and live for him. If there were no rewards, I would serve you. You know why? He saved our soul and he washed our sins away. And I'm just going to save him because I love him and just so thankful or serve him because I'm so thankful for what he did for me. So we, we have to make sure if, if, if you are competitive like myself, that's another issue I have um, that I've grown out of over the years. Still, still sometimes I try to slip back into it. Uh, as you get older, your, home, your male hormones go down a little. It's not as bad anymore. They're somehow connected to competitiveness for me anyway. But, and you've heard me say this, when my kids were young, I couldn't allow them to win a board game. And Gina would get so mad at me. She'd say, what's wrong with you? And I'd say, this is a cruel world. They have to learn early. 
But the truth was, I can't lose. If I lose, I have a bad day, a bad week. And so I can look at my Christianity like that. I'm, I'm going to get more rewards than you do. I'm going to work so hard, I out-reward you. And, and it's just an attitude that I have to learn to deal with in life. And if you've never been competitive, you don't understand. But if you've been competitive, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So, so I, I have had to learn, you know what? I'm not doing this to beat anybody. I'm not doing this to win a race. I'm doing this just because I love Jesus and I'm going to try my best, but I'm not going to fall into works and do it out of the wrong attitude. And I love this scripture, guys. First Thessalonians chapter one, verse two. We give thanks to God always for all of you, continually mentioning you in our prayers, recalling unceasingly before our God and Father, your work energized by faith, three things here, and your service motivated by love and unwavering hope in the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. Three great things. We're just interested in the middle, that we serve God out of the motivation of love. And I think that's twofold. So, so why do I serve God for rewards? No. I serve him because I just love him so much because he saved a miserable guy like me. He saved a guy that didn't want to have anything to do with him, and he reached down and he saved my soul. So I serve him just because I love him, right? Isn't that why we serve God? And then the other part of this, we, we, we are motivated by love is we just love people. And, and I, I have to just keep making sure people don't become a task for me. Like saving a soul is a task. I just, I gotta do it, it's a job. And, and, and you just have to start looking at it because that's, I'll go there. And, and so why, we're walking in a world where there are Christians that don't know anything about God. And so all of our volunteers, why do, why do you volunteer? To help us. We exist to connect a city with God, to see it connected. And so we do it because we love people. Think of all the non-Christians we're rubbing shoulders with. Why, why, do we, why do we volunteer? Why do we do what we do? Out of love, man. Why did I prepare a message? Out of love, out of love. Because I want to help people. And you have to make sure your motives are correct when it comes to rewards. But nonetheless, the Bible teaches about rewards. So if you were to ask me this question, great question, uh, what will we be rewarded for and what are the rewards? I would say God's going to reward you. If you study what Jesus said, study what the letters say, the epistles, Romans all the way through Jude, if you study all those things, here, here's what God's going to reward you for. He's going to reward you for your attitude. He's going to reward you for your service. He's going to reward you for turning the other cheek and walking in love and loving people. Everything we do, he's watching. And I think that's amazing because for some of you, just to get in church is a chore because of what's going on in your life. And God's watching you. Just to do anything for God is tough for you, but God sees it. Some of you are walking through storms and troubles in life and just the very fact that you're, you're continuing to run your race and do what God created you to do, he's watching all that. And there will come a day when God, who sees that, will reward you for it. I, I always try to thank our volunteers and thank you guys. And, and I probably don't do it enough, and, and, but I'm so thankful. But you know, you know who's watching who will thank you? Jesus. And he sees everything we're doing. And so I just want to live for God full blast. And I know that there'll come a day when 
God will reward us. And I'm, I'm not living for the reward, but it's nice to know there's a day coming when that will happen. If you were to ask me what are our rewards, Jesus talked about it. The epistles talk about it. The Bible talks about position in heaven. So we're all heirs. But the Bible talks about position. We're going to have a purpose. We're going to have a position in heaven. The Bible talks about those who will be great, those who will be least, people in between. Remember, we're going into eternity, right? It's pretty cool. We'll have a purpose up there. And Jesus said those who are servants down here, will be the greatest up there. So we'll be shocked that some people, we're going to think, whoa, you know, I thought I was a big shop pastor, and here they are, you know. They're praying three hours a day for all of us behind closed doors. And God's just watching everything, and God's going to reward. The Bible talks about position. Uh, you've been faithful over little. I'm going to make you ruler over much. The Bible talks about some being closer to the throne than others. So that's the rewards and talks about crowns and it talks about treasures. I don't know what they are. The Bible says, when you give to the poor, you lay up treasures in heaven. I'm not sure what that is. It's not your inheritance. It's, it's different than that. It's a reward. And so those are the things the Bible talks about when it talks about rewards. So God will reward you. It's going to be awesome, and I'm looking forward to it. Now, I want to just show you scripture where Jesus talks about this. You ready? Revelation 22, 12. He, he's, writing, he's ending the Bible here. Bible's being wrapped up. Jesus says, look, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. Now, if he ended here, look, I'm coming soon, and my reward is with me, we could argue we could say, well, our inheritance is our reward. What more do you need? And, that, you know, there's, I mean, what more do you need than heaven, right? God, I mean, and God, you know, hanging out with God forever. That's pretty cool. But he didn't stop there, and there's a reason for it. He said, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me. The Greek word for reward, reward mythos, it means to be paid for your services. And listen to what he says. And I will give to each person. He's not talking about non-Christians because this is a reward. This is positive, not negative. He says, I'm going to give to each person referring to Christians according to what they've done. So he's watching us. He's going to reward us. This world's not fair. People aren't fair. But God's fair, right? He's fair. He's going to reward us. And I like some other translations. Listen to this. Uh, this is the uh, Amplified. Behold, I, Jesus, am coming quickly. And my reward is with me to give to each one, not because they're my kid, that's inheritance, right? According to the merit of his deeds, earthly works, and faithfulness. And that makes me smile, and I'm so thankful. I can't pay our volunteers, but God's going to pay you. Listen to this, guys, the Message Bible. Yes, I'm on my way. I will be there soon. I'm bringing my payroll with me, and I'll pay all people in full for their life's work. That's pretty cool. And that's what rewards are. Again, I can't tell you every single reward, but I can tell you you'll be rewarded. I'm not living for rewards. I'm doing what I do because I love Jesus. But I want to talk to you about sin and worldliness. And where does that come in on judgment days? You know, Christians will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I'll read that before I close. And I used to have the craziest view uh, of that day. I used to be afraid of judgment day as a young Christian. And you've heard me say it before. I thought God was going to play a video of my life and he was going to show every sin I did behind closed doors. 
and everybody was going to see it. And it was just going to be a shaming moment. Joe, look what you did, you terrible guy. And I'm like, sorry, Jesus. I, I said I was sorry. I just, whoa, you know? But, but you know what? It's not, it's not like that. It's not like that. Jesus paid for your sins. He died for all your sins, past, present, and future. While we were still dead in our trespasses and sins, Jesus died for them. And you can't be judged for something Jesus took the judgment for. You can't be judged. He took your judgment. You can't be judged. And someone might say, Pastor, don't say that. People will start living like the devil. No, I'm telling you, when you see it, that's when I began to be a free guy and I began to live more pure when I realized, whoa, thank you, Jesus. You mean you made me blameless and holy on the inside? And yeah, I live in a body that wants to do the wrong thing and I have a mind that needs renewed. But whoa, and it made me begin to live more for Jesus. And it does that all the time. So sin is something that's going to hinder your rewards. And, and, and here's my thought right here. What can hinder our rewards? Sin's one thing. Worldliness is another. I want to help you understand. I'm going to tell you a story. I've shared this a while back. And some people just, they look at me and say, I don't believe that. But it's true. It's true. I blew my knee out the last game of my junior year of playing football, and I wasn't heading, heading anywhere, where anyhow. But, but I, I, had, I tore my legs, ligaments and my cartilage. So then I rehabbed it, and I began to lift like crazy. And then I began to run, and I started with a quarter mile, just trying. And then I began to run a mile. Then I fell in love with the mile at my senior year of high school, but I didn't run track. And I was able to run a mile. My coaches timed me uh, four and a half minutes when I, when I played football, and I could just scoot it a mile, which is, that's really fast. And, and so I'd run this really fast mile, and I did it in Bible school. I ran it three times a day, morning, afternoon, and night, and five minutes, under five minutes. That's a nice quick exercise, right? Just got it out of the way. And, and I could eat anything, couldn't gain weight because that's a lot of exertion. And so I had a problem. I, I am allergic to dairy and I'm not lactose intolerant. It doesn't bother my belly. But if I eat dairy, immediately within minutes, I begin to wheeze and I, I can, can't breathe, and I don't have asthma. I've been checked, no asthma. And, and my sinuses drip, and it feels like someone takes a belt and just tightens it on my chest. So I stay away from dairy as much as I can. Every now and then, if I'm in Chicago and I want pizza, I just tell Gina, you mind if I wheeze all day? Because I want to have some pizza, right? So I'm in Bible school, and I worked midnight turn at a convenience store, and I just ran three times that day, and I go to work, and I just wanted ice cream. So I took a half gallon of vanilla ice cream and a box of vanilla wafers, and that was my dinner. I ate the whole half gallon and the whole box for dinner. And I knew this is going to kill me tomorrow. But I, I went home, and I ran before Bible school. So I get out there, and I run, and I couldn't break a six-and-a-half-minute mile. That's, that's two, two minutes. And I just wheezed the whole time. After school, I went to run again. I, I couldn't. I couldn't break that six and a half. And that night, couldn't. And I'm still wheezing at night. Guys, that's what a hindrance is. And this world is full of hindrances. So I'm going to ask you a question. TCI Borman, Warren, what's your dairy? What, what's slowing you down in your race? What's that spiritual dairy? And I want to show you a scripture that will put this all together. Listen to this scripture. It's an amazing scripture. Hebrews 12, verse 1. Since we have such a huge crowd of men of faith watching us from the grandstand, that's Hebrews 11, 
Let us strip off anything that slows us down or holds us back. Some translations say cast off the weights. Good things that we're overbalanced with them. We just have too much of a good thing in our life. Too much of this world, not, no, no time for God. It goes on and says this, and especially those sins, so there's weights and sins, that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet and trip us up and let us run with patience the particular race that God has set before us. Here's, here's what this is about. God's created all of us to do something in his kingdom. We call that our purpose. So for me, it's Pastor Joe. It's being Pastor Joe. I can pastor at a high level or a low level. I can, I can, I can get a little bit too involved in this world, right? And not put enough time into what I do. I, obviously, I have to be here, but I could slack on my prep and you'd be a little more bored than you are right now, right? And, and so, you, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I I, I can do it at a high level, a low level. I, I, it's, it's all in how I balance my life. And then if there's a sin, not a major sin even, just a little sin that I struggle with that, you know, I kind of pet it and say, well, you're not really that bad. And I, I hold on to it for a while. It's slowing you down. Here's, here's, listen, listen, watch this. And let us run with patience, the particular race. That's your purpose. What's your purpose? God created you to do things in his kingdom. Are you doing those things? Or have you allowed the weights of this world? Are you too involved in one place or another? Is your life out of balance? Or is there a sin that takes you out for a year or two? That, that's going to be the terribleness of our sin. Because uh, Jesus took the judgment. But boy, some people, it trips them up and keeps them out. They don't live for God for three years. They just are stuck in that sin. And they need to, they need to see who they are in Christ so they can walk free, right? And, and this is what the Bible is talking about when, when it talks about what can hinder us. So guys, I didn't say this last night, but it came on me this morning. And, and I like to be so positive. I have trouble saying these things, but God just, de- he's dealt with me. Joe, you've been doing this for 37 years. Don't be a wimp. Say what I... Say what I put on your heart, right? Because sometimes I, I just, I want everybody to like me. So, so it's like, you know, but here's something I've observed, and it's bugging the heck out of me. You ready? Evangelical Christians are making politics their religion, and it's bugging the heck out of me. The, they are so into politics that they, 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 they love politics more than Jesus. And, and, and it's more important to them than Jesus. And it's just a weight in their life. I'm not saying it's bad. It's okay if you help with a political campaign. It's okay if you like somebody. But I'm watching people post on their, on their social media. I mean, it's like, I don't care if you go to hell. I want you to vote for this guy. That guy stinks. And, and they're fighting over it. I'm like, whoa. This is about Jesus. And does Jesus care about our country? Yeah, I pray, for, I pray for the elections. And yeah, but you know how many times I get chewed out in our lobbies? People come up to me, why don't you say something about the election? This is the most important election in the world. You should get up there and tell people who to vote for. I'm like, I'm not connecting to any candidate. I think they're all, you know, they all have issues. And uh, I'll vote for the one that I think is best, but I'm surely not going to ruin my witness for Jesus by getting up here and backing somebody. That's crazy. I can't do that. I can't do that, guys. But do I have a guy I like? Yeah. And usually it's the worst. It's the lesser of two evils. Let me just be honest with you. I'm not happy with anybody. Uh, I do it differently than most of them or probably all of them. So, so it's just, guys, why are we ruining our witness over something like that? Whew. 
people are fighting. God says, shine your light, man, and, and show the fruit of God. Love people and, and have your convictions. That's okay, but love people. And just, it's, this is about eternity, guys. It's about Jesus. It's not about politics. And I, 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 just, I just needed to say that. And Peter said it in a different way. Can we see Peter? By the way, Peter hung out with Jesus for three and a half years. Um, Peter knows what he's talking about. Listen to this. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16 and 17. Um, but just as he who called you is holy, that means to be pure. So it can be any area of our life. So be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I'm holy. And listen to verse 17, a really strong verse, but a good verse, a nice verse. Uh, since you call on a father, so this is written to Christians. Some people, they, if you tell them that Jesus said something, they go, oh, that was for the Jews, not us Christians. It's like, that's because they don't want to do it. Now, now listen, listen. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, he's talking to Christians, he's going to judge our work. He, he's impartial. He, he knows our hearts. He knows how we do everything. It says, live out your time as foreigners in reverent fear. So he's not judging. We're not being judged to see if we can go to heaven. He's going to reward us. But, but look at what it says. Jesus is going to examine our lives. That's what judge means. And he's going to reward us. And I love this phrase, walk as foreigners, guys. What does that mean? It, it, it's like you're visiting somewhere. You're not putting roots down. I'm just visiting here, and I'm just walking through. But I, I'm from heaven, and I'm going back to heaven. I'm a child of God. I've been born of God. And so can we enjoy this world? You better believe we can enjoy this world. I love sports. I enjoy sports. I have to make sure I'm not overbound. You know, I could watch sports shows three hours a day, so that that's, that's can be a weight to me. So I have to say, no, 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 just a quick 20 minutes, see what's happening, you know, and, and I, have to, I have to balance. But it's okay to enjoy things. But guys, we have to make sure we're not overdoing anything and we're realizing I'm running a race, man. And I don't want any dairy to slow me down. I don't want to be wheezing down here and not finish what God's called me to do. And this is where I'm going to end with this last verse. Listen to this. Beautiful verse, 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we, the Christians, must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. The Greek word there is bima, can, can also be translated as reward seat. So he will look at our life, but it's all about rewards. This is not about punishment. He's going to reward us. And I don't want any dairy to slow you down and not be rewarded for things. He goes on and says, so that each of us, each Christian, may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. And if you want some good reading this week, read 1 Corinthians 3, because bad here is not referring to sin. It's referring to what the Bible calls wood, hay, and stubble versus precious stone, gold, and silver. And, and gold, silver, and precious stone, that's what you do for the kingdom. Wood, hay, and stubble is just all the things we do down here that have nothing to do with God. And he can't reward you. The Bible says those will be burned up. But here's the exciting part. You ready? Here's the exciting part. Each of us, will receive a reward, what's due us for the things done while in the body. Jesus is coming with his payroll. And I think every now and then we have to have a service like this where you just have to say, guys, we're not here. This is not where we end. We go on to eternity 
And Jesus saved our souls so we can help him save other souls. Jesus saved our souls so we can say, what's my gift? What am I called for? We can run our race. And sometimes there's a little sacrifice in that because I got to say, oh, I can't do four hours of this every day. I'm going to have to bring it down a little bit. And, and that's okay because we just want to run our race. But here's what I'm excited about for all of you that are running your race, and the majority of you are running your race. So, And some of you need to, you need to hear what I said about politics and, and calm it down a little bit, right? Guys, Jesus is watching, and he will reward you. And I think that's amazing. It's amazing. And I think rather than clap right now, I think we just need to have a God moment. So can we close our eyes, bow our heads, and pray? And as our heads are bowed, I just want to talk to us Christians, myself included, by the way. I, I can't, I, you notice I don't give list. I did deal with something I think that's very pertinent. I did become specific on one thing today. But God, the Holy Spirit, is the one that deals with us. And I try to have a couple times a year where I evaluate my life and just say, What's my dairy? And God's accommodating. He'll show you. Maybe, maybe he's telling you, man, you're fine. You're doing great. Not, you don't have any weights on. There's no sin. You're doing great. But have a God moment right now. Just say, God, there's some things I'm going to cast off right now. Just give them to you. I'm going to throw them away. And I'm going to begin to run this race. I'm going to stop worrying. I'm going to get rid of bitterness. I'm going to get rid of anger. I'm just throwing those things aside. And I'm going to run my race, Lord. And I'm going to run it with patience, and I'm going to accomplish what you created me to do on planet Earth. It's a God moment. TCI, Borman, Warren. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm going to allow God to be God and do what only he can do. I can't do what he can do. But heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you're visiting us today. And you're not sure if you're forever. You're not sure if you were to die if you go to heaven or hell. Maybe you walked in not being sure if there was a heaven or hell. I get it. I was there. Listen, this is not either or. or this, this is not both. This is either or. And Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to heaven but through me. He said, whoever believes in me will not perish but have everlasting life. If you're here and you say, you know what, my heart's touched today. And maybe you grew up, you know, a secular Christian or a traditional Christian who you knew who Jesus was in your head, but you haven't accepted him in your heart. And you, God's dealing with you right now. You say, you know what, I'm ready to do that. Maybe you grew up not believing if God existed, but you're right now you're saying, I believe Jesus died. I believe that good news. I'm asking all if your heart's touched, would you pray with me right now? The rest of us, can we help them out? TCI Borman Warren, let's help them out. Let's stay in an attitude of prayer. But just say this after me. If you're praying it the first time, mean it. Say, God, I realize I was born sin-stained and need a Savior. And this day, I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins in the sins of the entire world. I call you Lord. I accept you as Savior. 
and I make a decision today to follow you. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you prayed that prayer, miracles happened. You may not have felt a thing, but God washed all your sins away. You became a child of God. You're an heir of God, a joint heir with Christ. That's pretty cool. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.